is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Mar, and I'm joined by my two trusty co-hosts as ever, Jake Woolhead and Fionn Malloy. Lads, how are you? I'm doing great. I have, uh, I'm really excited to have uh, such an esteemed guest on the show. Yeah, absolutely buzzing. Can't wait. That's it. We do have a very esteemed guest because finally in in on the show, we can claim that there's a Super Bowl winner on the show because <laughs> we are delighted to have legendary NFL coach Wade Phillips on the show. Coach, it's so great to speak to you. How are you today? Good, good. It's a pleasure to talk to you guys. I know you're a big football fan, so. I'm, I'm trying to get ready for the questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've been thinking of these questions now all week, and I'm going to scour every interview you've done trying to get you to answer some that you haven't answered before. We'll, we'll see. There might be a few of the same, but we'll try and make it as fun as possible. But first of all, um, how has uh, the sort of last year and a bit been for you, um, obviously being out of the game and, and obviously going through the whole uh, COVID uh, over the last year and a bit? Well, I'm sure the COVID's been horrible for everybody. So, uh, but once football starts, I start watching football. I got to watch football last year, so uh, that was good. And uh, my son coaches for the Rams, so you know we pull for them. Yeah, of course. And and I guess like that's it. It's such a different environment that we saw last year. Where, of course, empty stadiums everywhere. Um, uh, well, apart from a few stadiums that had some um, some participants, and like you said, your son's the tight end coach at at the Rams. Have you actually been to visit the new stadium yet? Uh, I've I've seen it built, but I haven't been to it. I'm going to a game uh, in September, though. Oh, nice, Excellent. coach. I've I have a quick question before we get started. Obviously, you're a long time in the NFL, most recently a defensive coordinator. And we have a lot of listeners who, especially on this side of the pond, will follow American football, but don't necessarily grow up with the with the culture and the structure. So I was wondering if maybe you could take just a quick minute just to describe to the listeners what's involved with being a, a defensive coordinator. That's obviously the, the top rank on the defensive side of the ball. And What's involved in a game week in terms of are you doing coaching? Is it more the game plan side and the management side? Or what's involved with being a, a defensive coordinator? Well, it, <laughs> we got to learn. we got to study the other team we're playing and, and get ready for them and be able to stop them. So uh, it's coaching the coaches. We have okay. usually a big staff. So, uh, but, but the game plan is really the key thing. You know, uh, we put together what we think will stop what they're doing. And then we make adjustments during the ball game. So, uh, and it's, you know, there's a lot more involved. Uh, there's a, you know, there's a lot of different defenses, a lot mm-hmm. of offensive plays, um, you know, motions, all those things you have to take into consideration. So you have to, you have to plan something. You have to be able to execute uh, what you do really well. And then you have to be able to adjust. So all those things, plus, uh, like I say, working with the coaches that you're with, uh, and even the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, melding together with those guys to make sure, you know, uh, that we're on the same same plan as far as what we're going to do. For instance, if you're going to if you're going to play a Tom Brady, uh, is different than a than a rookie quarterback. So uh, some things you do against a rookie quarterback, you wouldn't do against Tom Brady uh, mm-hmm. because he can recognize those things and take advantage of what you're doing. So. 
And then the offense has to probably take more chances against a Tom Brady so they can keep the ball away from him. So uh, that goes into game planning also. Coach, and when you're watching a game of football and you can see one team is down um, a, a good bit at halftime going into the locker room, and you mentioned there the halftime adjustments, like that is obviously a huge part of um, of coaching a defensive game. So if you're losing, what do you go in and you tell the players? You have to make up a plan on the on the on the fly, make sure it's going to adjust to what they're doing, and you have to kind of pump up your players and say listen, this is what we have to do because they're going to have to play the game this way. So obviously that's going to be hard for you. Do you think it's hard when you watch the game and you can see that the coaches aren't doing it? Is it kind of annoying to watch that as a, a an ex-defensive coordinator? Well, some of it is. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I have things certainly I would do. But, uh, but in our game, you know, it's a constant. I mean, after – after the ball changes hands and our offense goes out there, we get with the defense every time and say, Hey, you know, we're doing this. We need to do, adjust this. And so, you know, it's not really halftime adjustments. It's adjustments after every series to make sure that everybody's on the same page. You keep them pumped up and what they're doing. If, if we're doing something good, you encourage it uh, and say, keep playing. If we're not doing well, then, then we've got to get with them and say, Hey, we got to do this better, that better. And uh, you know, make everybody accountable. Yeah, and how important is sort of trust in in your sort of assistant coaches as well? Because, like you mentioned, there there is a lot of game planning needed leading up to uh, uh, the game itself. And uh, I guess especially a lot of your coaches spend some time sort of with the scout team to sort of make sure that they're giving you as close a look of of what offense you're going to to be facing this coming Sunday. Oh yeah, that's the practice preparation is really key. I mean. That's why you practice is, is uh, you know, practice the plays that you think are going to be uh, the other team is going to try to do against you and try to execute those plays with uh, your second line players, you know. Uh, so um, we try to make sure that, you know, we get the looks that we want to look and we got to stop their best plays or their best players. So uh, those two things are part of the game plan, especially their best players. Uh, pro football is really about uh, matchups. You know, it's, you know, if they've got a great receiver, then we've got to double cover him. If we've got a great uh, cornerback, well, then we, he doesn't need as much help. Uh, it goes all, all down the line that way. If you've got a Aaron Donald or a J.J. Watt, you got to make sure that they get one-on-one, you know, rather than the other team being able to double-team them in, in passing situations. So uh, that, all of that's involved in the game plan. Yeah, and you mentioned J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald. And, you know, in your career, you've always had sort of these standout defensive linemen throughout your teams, whether it has been the Texans, you know, the Broncos, the the Rams. And, like, like how – what makes having that sort of player on the line that terrifies every offensive lineman and quarterback, what makes them so important for the rest of your defense? Well, just like you said, they have to account for him. They have to, you know, they have to have a, a game plan basically for one player. And then, uh, you know, if they if they put too many people on him, uh, you can take advantage of what they're doing. You know, they we have 11 guys. They have 11 guys. So if they put, you know, two of theirs on one of ours, then we, we have somebody basically that can get free. So we have to take advantage of that if they try to do that. Coach, uh, Darren named off some fantastic talents there. Obviously, we see the Lombardi Trophy there in the background and the, and the Broncos hats. 
that defense had some fantastic players, including Vaughn Miller on the line. Uh, one question I really want to ask you was, these superstar players are always known for their preparation and their work ethic and, and staying long and training hard. Do you find that they they keep that rhythm as they get through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl? Or do they ramp it up and change anything as they get to these really, really meaningful games? Uh, I think they, you know, those kind of guys play their best every game. But, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, we tell everybody when you get to the playoffs, it's, it's another level, which is a try to get everybody to focus and concentrate better. And those kind of people do it every, every game. So you, you try to, try to get the rest of the guys to go along with them. Uh, and that helps, but, uh, yeah, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and those guys, uh, they were really something. They were, they were a great group for us. And that's why we had that trophy back, back there. <laughs> uh, so just actually speak while, while we're on the subject of the Broncos, um, and, you know, your second stint, which of course resulted in that, in the Super Bowl 50 win, but, while researching today, I came across a story that actually um, you came close to not getting the job as defensive coordinator there with uh, Gary Kubiak. It was actually uh, uh, Vance Joseph, I believe, who was first choice. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, they were trying to get Vance out of his contract in, uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati wouldn't let him go, and so I ended, up, I ended up being the second choice. But we did pretty well. <laughs> I definitely say you could you could feel uh, pretty happy with with what you achieved there in the second stint, and of course the the the, the twenty fifteen team was known as as no fly zone with of course with Akeep Talib, Chris Harris, uh, TJ Ward, just to just to name a few. But one player that you had in your LA Rams time uh, briefly towards the end of your LA Rams time was was Jalen Ramsey and. Would he be sort of where would you sort of rank him and sort of um, the sort of DBs that you've worked with over the years? Well, he's a, he's an elite player. I mean, he's a, um, Talib and Harris were both great players too. Uh, we had two of them. So, uh, but uh, Jalen's a big, strong, fast guy. You know, uh, he's uh, he's one of the bigger corners I've ever had, but but really with great ability and and a great competitor. You know it. It's not just how they play; it's how they compete uh, every play. But sometimes you'll get beat, especially a cornerback. But uh, he doesn't let anything bother him, and he plays plays to a high level all the time. And you you can put him on their best receiver and shut down their best receiver by himself. So that's uh, that's the answer for uh, for a, a great cornerback if he can shut down a great great receiver without any help. Yeah, it's definitely great, Coach, having a great player such as Jalen Ramsey or Akeem Tlaib like that. I wanted to ask you, have you got one player that you just loved coaching? This guy, like, take every word you you took as gospel. His training was exceptional. Like, you know, kind of that sort of stuff. Well, I have a whole bunch of guys that I've coached that are in the Hall of Fame, so a lot of them are really good. <laughs> uh, Reggie White comes to mind. Uh, Reggie, If you know about Reggie White, he was, he was one of the great – Great players that I would I coached for three years in, in Philadelphia. So um, he he was phenomenal. Uh, but I mean, like I say, I've had I think I had about uh, twenty something players that are in the Hall of Fame. So uh, that I've coached. So uh, 
it's hard to pick one out, but <laughs> in, the, in the last few years, you know, the, the Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, I think DeMarcus Ware will be in the, probably in the Hall of Fame next year. And then, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, obviously, right now, and J.J. Watt. So those guys uh, right now. But, uh, you know, I coached Ricky Jackson. I coached way back with the Houston Oilers. I coached three guys that are in the Hall of Fame. So um, I've been lucky to be with a lot of good players. What would you say makes the big difference between an elite talent player, aside from just pure talent, and just kind of your average run-of-the-mill journeyman player? Uh, character. I mean, uh, they all have ability. And we have a lot of guys with ability that don't, you know, don't live up to their ability. So if you have a guy that's really, really a high-character guy, and I can say that about all those guys I talked about, uh, they were leaders, they were they were hard workers like you say extra hard workers they they tried to not only compete against the people they're playing against but complete compete with against their own teammates to be the best player on the team and uh, and that made a difference we're in the middle of the preseason now and obviously uh, we've seen some cuts happen already and over the next couple of weeks more cuts will come down you were talking about the kind of the character aspect of the players in the preseason is that something you look at for those bubble players, those guys who were right on the edge of making the court, making the team or being dropped, or is it a pure talent thing on that end of the roster? Well, it's, it's talent and, and really, uh, you know, smart players get better. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you got a smart player that doesn't make many mistakes, uh, he can get by with some things that, that a guy that makes a lot of mistakes, even though he's got a lot of ability, the, you want the consistent guy that plays well, and it's not going to make the more mistakes you make, the, the less chance you have of making it. The more mistakes you make on offense or defense, cost you ball games. So it's really a you know you have to have guys that don't make mistakes, and then and then the ability comes. If you have a combination of both those things, then you have a great player. Yeah, and one one of those great players that that you coached early in his careers is JJ Watton. He's decided to to leave the Texans in the offseason and he's made his way over to Arizona. Uh, how do you feel he's going to get on with the Cardinals next year in the NFC West? Yeah, he's going to give him problems. He's uh, he's still a great player. I watched him uh, watched him some last year because I was out. I got to see him play, um, see the Texans play quite a bit. And uh, uh, he's still got it. I mean, he's still uh, a tough guy to stop. Uh you know, we let him do a whole lot of things that you wouldn't let another player do in that, um, you know, he could he he could look at formations and tell kind of where they're going to go with the ball, and we'd let him stun or go to that go to that area or rush the passer. Uh, if, it, if it looked like it was going to be a pass, he would be rushing the passer first. So um, he's exceptional that way. And if you let him do those things, he's, uh, he's a tough guy to handle. Yeah, and it just looks that with that with tandem, um, hopefully if, if Chandler Jones can can get his contract issue sorted out with with Arizona, it's definitely something that's going to cause a lot of uh, quarterbacks uh, in in the West uh, a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, he's going to give uh, uh, your guy uh, your quarterback a little trouble <laughs> up, uh, up in Seattle because uh, he can rush the passer and, and Chandler Jones can too. So that 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 makes it tough, although. Uh, Although that kid's a great quarterback. Coach, I'm a Washington fan, so I'm pretty excited about our defense this year. 
<laughs> we've got Chase Young and, and all sorts of young talent there on that defense. Is there another defense around the league that you've got your eye on as a hot up-and-coming unit, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, you've got to look at the Bucks. You know, they, they mm-hmm. played really well last year. And, and um, you know, they have a strong defensive team. Um, hopefully the Rams will be good this year. I'm pulling for them to do well. Uh, but uh, I think we just have to get into the season and see uh, wh- what everybody's going to do. Preseason, it's hard to tell, you know, because they don't play their frontline people. Uh, but once they put all their starters in, uh, we'll see. We'll see who has a strong defense. And you know, uh, we did it in 2015, and I think the Bucks did it. Even though they had Tom Brady last year, uh, you know, if you have a great defense, you got a chance to win it all. Well, they say defense wins championships, or at least they did in the old days. I, th- I think that might <laughs> philosophy might be changing slightly now, but, but uh... yeah, a little bit. But it's you know, it's it's still an offensive game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the rules are for the offense and people want to see more scoring and uh, you know, they don't want to see two to nil. They want to see 30 to 30 to 35. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's okay. <laughs> Not us. We, 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 we love a good defense here on this show well, for sure. Two, two thirds of this show play on the defense. <laughs> so that's what we like. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing, you know, one thing that no fly zone, uh, we were great on pass defense, but we led the league in run defense too. So uh, that was a pretty strong team. We led them in run defense and pass defense. Was I believe it was nineteen different categories in that season alone that the the Broncos defense was number one in. Yeah, we we were we, that was one of the great defenses that certainly I've ever been around, but but probably anybody's ever been around. Well, can I ask actually because it's a UK men. Um, in 2015, and, and the year before, obviously, it, it was Jack Del Rio's defense, and it ended with you know a, a pretty um, big loss against the Seahawks um, in the Super Bowl. What did you feel coming in that year? That that, that wasn't home... the year before. They, they they lost in the playoffs. Oh, sorry, it was. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah. there there was a year in between. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I... No, you're totally right. Totally right to stop me there. But I was just going to say, when you came in, did you feel that there was a lot of changes needed to be made? Or did you see maybe just those one or two things that maybe just needed to be tweaked a little bit just to sort of get this defense to um, where it could be and where obviously you brought it to? Well, we changed a lot of things. We changed from a 4-3 to a 3-4 defense. So we changed completely the, the, the defense overall and the coverages that we were running were a lot different than what Jack Del Rio ran. So uh, there was quite a bit of change there. But we had, obviously, we had a lot of good players there. Now, like I say, we brought in DeMarcus Ware, who who I had had it with the Cowboys. It, it made a big difference for us, too, uh, to have those two outside guys that can, uh, you know, get put pressure on the quarterback all the time was really big. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously – we mentioned them briefly there. Sorry, the the Houston Texans, obviously a team that you've coached before, and also a team that um, your father did as well, uh, Bum Phillips. And there's been a lot of changes in the, in this uh, last off season with the team. Obviously, with the new coach David Culley, the the new GM Nick Casario, and and uh, uh, what have you made with what's been going on in the off season there? And do you, do you feel that maybe the Texans it could be in a bit of trouble now over the next couple of years if the right decisions aren't made? 
Yeah, I'm worried about him overall. I mean, uh, obviously with the quarterback situation, still not knowing what's going to happen there because he's a, a really talented young quarterback. Uh, you know, quarterback is a key, and their defense was so bad last year uh, that they've got to improve that. So uh, I'm hoping – I live in Houston, so I pull for it. You know, I pull for the Houston teams, but uh, I don't see a good outlook this year. I mean, <laughs> I'm afraid, you know. I'm afraid they're going to have a real tough year. They're in a they're in a pretty good division that it doesn't look like they can compete in. So we'll see. And I could be wrong, obviously. <laughs> and just looking then at the sort of the draft class this year, um, and have is there any sort of uh, defensive players you you've gotten your eye on? Obviously, with teams that you've coached before, like the Broncos, have picked up, you know. Patrick Sertain, the Bron or the the Broncos pick up Patrick Sertain, the Cowboys have picked up the likes of Micah Parsons. Is there any sort of player that you see in there that you like the look of so far? Well, Sertain already intercepted the pass for a touchdown <laughs> in the game, so you know that uh, uh, you know that's pretty impressive. Uh, and it, and you know I coached against his dad, who was a really great player too. So looks like he's he's following in his father's footsteps, you know, which. Uh, which I know something about. So, <laughs> so it's pretty neat that he's doing that. Coach, we were talking there about the guys just drafted, but I want to talk really quickly about, we've just seen in the last couple of weeks, two massive contracts handed out to, to guys who are a bit further on in their career. Darius Leonard, obviously, becoming the highest paid linebacker. And then just now we've had um, Jamal Adams be the highest paid safety. What do you think of those deals? Are they Are they good deals for the teams? Do you like those two players? Oh yeah. Anytime you have a great player, you got to try to keep them, you know, uh, whatever it costs. But, uh, the thing that's going through the roof, obviously is quarterbacks, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're almost getting down to average quarterbacks being making $20 million a year. So, uh, which I don't begrudge them the money. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you still, you still have a salary cap and, mm -hmm. you know, if it takes away too much from your team, on an average player, now a great quarterback. Obviously, you want to, you got to keep them. You got to keep Mahomes. You got to keep those kind of guys on your team. But I'm not sure all those guys that are making 20 million a year, uh, you couldn't use the money somewhere else. Uh, you know, for for defense or or <laughs> or what or something or an offensive lineman. So mm -hmm. uh, you still have to be careful uh, uh, giving out too much money to any player, but. The quarterback salaries have gone up so much just for a starter that uh, it's a little precarious there. Well, yeah, now it has it's become the, the norm. And we, we were speaking to a, a Bears podcast earlier on in the week. And, you know, they've got uh, two backup quarterbacks on pretty sizable money in, in Nick Foles and, and Andy, Andy Dalton, too. So it, it seems as though not just the starter position, but the backup position money for, for quarterback now is starting to. Uh, rise a, a good bit as well, but we have also seen the sort of um, Fionn mentioned Jamal Adams and uh, Darius Leonard, but Jalen Ramsey also obviously um, breaking. I, I believe he broke the one hundred million mark for his contract as well. So it, it looks as though it, it's slow, but it seems as though that the defense um, value is sort of catching up with some of its uh, offensive uh, counterparts, obviously minus the quarterback. Oh, sure. Yeah. And those guys you mentioned, those guys are, if you have an all-star player, you know, a pro bowl player and a, 
especially an all pro player. All pro means he's the best in the NFL. Pro Bowl means he's the best in the NFC or AFC. So, uh, uh, if you got a if you got an all pro player, man, you you got to keep them. You know, offense or defense, whatever they are, uh, because uh, they're hard to find. <laughs> you know, especially yeah. guys that uh, are, are of that caliber. So, and then you can build around those people, whatever position they play. You can build around them and be really strong in that in that area. So. Um, so it's it's still about getting talent, great talent, and uh, and then utilizing it. In your experience, would 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 you favor a certain position to load up with more experience, and then maybe have some, you know, maybe rookies or some more sort of inexperienced people around them? So sort of say, for example, maybe the D line or the linebacker position. Well, on defense, you want pass rushers. If you can get pass rushers, you can. It helps the defensive backs. It helps everybody. Uh, and, and pass rushers, I say, I mean, a really great pass rusher is really a great run player too, uh, because they penetrate and get in the backfield a lot. So, uh, so those, some of those guys I talked about already, uh, you know, that those guys are difference makers, uh, not only for the defensive line, but also for the passing game and the running game. So I, it's still, it's still up front that counts on defense. Coach, I just have one quick question for you there. So after you win a Super Bowl, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do immediately after winning the Super Bowl? Uh, well, we we went we went to a party. <laughs> we partied all <laughs> <laughs> well, You know, it's it's a great experience. Uh, there's nothing more than that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's a funny feeling in that. Uh, you know that you're the best in the world, the best uh, at that time, you're the best in the world, but there's nothing more to accomplish that year. And not many times in your life that you say, well, there's not much more to, there's not any more to accomplish, you know, and I may be winning it twice or something like that, but I mean, two times in a row or, uh, you know, that was what was amazing about the Buffalo teams that went, that went to the Super Bowl four years in a row. I mean, uh, you know, they didn't win it, but, but, it's pretty amazing that they uh, came back year after year to get there. So uh, it's a tremendous accomplishment, whoever wins it. Uh, but uh, there isn't much more you can do that except, you know, enjoy your trophy. So is the, is winning the Super Bowl the most fun you've had in your career? Or what what's your standout moment so far? You know, I've had a lot of them. Uh, you know, some of them are taking over a team that wasn't very good and pl- making the playoffs the first year. Uh, I think I did that seven times. So (laughs) that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Even when I, even when I coached in college, you know, I coached at university of Kansas and and we beat Oklahoma who had won 29 straight games. We beat them 23 to three. And uh, that was one of the great upsets of all time, but, uh, (laughs) but it was a great experience. And then I, I coached in high school and enjoyed that too. So, I just like I love coaching and uh, I love being around the the game itself. Uh, it gives it gives a lot back too. It's a lot of gratification that when you are successful to to uh, say, "Hey, we accomplished this together." Yeah, and and I, is there a chance that we're going to see you back in in the league at all, or, or have you maybe sort of closed the the book on coaching, or are you waiting for the right opportunity? Uh well, if somebody comes out there with the right thing, I, you know, I might go back. But uh, it looks, I'm out right now. 
uh, kind of enjoying life. But I still, you know, I still watch the games, the pro games, and and uh, uh, and here in Houston, I, I went to University of Houston, so I watched their college and and Rice University also. So uh, I'm still involved in in at least watching football around or being around it. I'm sure if someone comes in with that quarterback money, it's it's tough to say no to that. Well, yeah, I don't think coaches don't get quarterback. <laughs> head coaches, head coaches don't get quarterback money. So. Well, with some of the defenses you've had, uh, coach, I think definitely you'd be uh, in with a show of getting some of that quarterback money for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, one last question before we let you go, there. Well, I was watching a piece that you did with um, Rich Eisen a couple of years ago, and you mentioned that you take uh, your Super Bowl ring out to the movies every now and again. Are you still doing that? Well, we hadn't been able to go to the movies for a while. <laughs> so we just get back to going out. But yeah, I I, uh, I should have worn it to, uh, today, I guess. But uh, but uh, yeah, I take it out. I'm proud of it. You know, I'm proud yeah. of what we did. And uh, like I say, that, that team. Uh, you know, that's that's going to be a team that they're, they're going to say, hey, that was a great team a long time. And now I did go to the Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies and enshrinement with uh, Peyton Manning. And uh, and then Steve Atwater, I coached uh, the first time I was with the Broncos. Uh, we drafted him. So I got to go to the Hall of Fame uh, enshrinement and saw those guys. And it was really neat to do that. Yeah, well, well, Coach, it's been fantastic to speak to you today. Thanks so much for for the opportunity. Uh, we wish, obviously, you all the best for the forthcoming season and, and your son with the Rams. Just maybe not the two games they face the Seahawks in. You know, the rest of the games, we'll, we'll wish them all the best because, you know, that second place in the West is up for grabs this year. So, yeah. Both of them can go to the playoffs, so that's <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not meet in the wild card game again like last year, and right. maybe wait until the divisional or the the right. NFC conference. Yeah, well, you guys are great, man. I, 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 uh, I love the enthusiasm across the pond. You call it, uh, uh, and uh, I, I appreciate that because we love football here, and, uh, and uh, I see you guys do too. So that's neat. It's good Absolutely. To well, that's it. That's it. Well, there's even a quick little backstory before we. The reason why yeah. this show became a show is because we actually all play in a league together. Okay. And we all play for the same team, and we decided to set up this show just because we we love talking about football so much at training. We said, let's put a mic in front of it and let's see if <laughs> what we record is is of any use. And it seems to be going well so far. Well, good. If you need a coach or a defensive coach, let me know. Oh, be careful because we do. <laughs> we can't quite give you that Mahomes money, but we'll we'll pay you like in points of Guinness or something if you want. That's good. <laughs> but listen, like I said, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, we hope that you enjoy the football season. I did um, enjoy it. You guys did a great job with it too. I appreciate the questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that is it for uh, this show today, guys. Before we let you go, make sure you are following us on uh, uh, Twitter at UndercenterPod, Instagram at UndercenterPod as well. Um, If you want to get the show in the audio version, just find us wherever you get your podcast, Undercenter Podcast. You'll find us there too. Of course, make sure you're following um, Coach Phillips at Son of Bum on uh, Twitter if you want to follow him there as well. Um, So, but that is it. For oh, our sh- overtime, overtime podcast, the overtime, overtime podcast as well. Sorry, if 
I left that out there um, by mistake. Um, but yeah, like I said, that is all the time we have for this week. We'll be back again soon with another show. Um, but until then, stay safe and we'll see you soon.